Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. God bless all of you this morning. Thank you for joining us this morning. Prayer warriors, intercessors, saints of God, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pastor Lester Hayes this morning and Pastor Sharon Hayes. We're just so grateful and so humbled this morning by the presence of the Lord that's already in our midst this morning because two or three of us decided to get together early in the morning to seek God's face. And I believe we have found him this morning or he found us this morning seeking and searching for him, and he decided to come into our midst, and we welcome his presence this morning. When two or three gather together in his name, the scripture promises that God will be in the midst. And so we welcome him this morning as we have created a, a dwelling place, a sanctuary for him this morning, even though we're in different places <clears throat> geographically and physically. But I thank God this morning that in the spirit realm, we're all here on one accord, united as one operating in spiritual harmony this morning in unity and we just thank god this morning for blessing us and gracing us with his presence this morning i don't know about you but i acknowledge the presence of the lord is with us this morning amen and so that lets us know <clears throat> that again his enemies have been scattered and the king of glory has come in who's the king of glory the lord god almighty amen is upon that throne so we honor the lord this morning we give him praise we give him glory we just thank him this morning for his goodness and for his mercy <clears throat> so let's pray and get into this word this morning abba father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven lord give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is your kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever now holy ghost we thank you for what we're experiencing right now we sense your presence we acknowledge you we welcome you thank you for coming alongside of us this morning thank you for revealing these revelations to us this morning thank you for teaching this morning speaking through us this morning let your voice be the voice that's heard this morning we thank you this morning that all flesh is put under us this morning we crucified in the spirit this morning that the spirit of christ may be the voice that we hear this morning because you are the spirit of truth you are the teacher this morning you are the one this morning my god the lead god and direct our thoughts our words this morning our conversation this morning and so we give you praise glory and honor this morning for ears to hear this morning eyes to behold and see wondrous things from your plan of salvation this morning so we yes. thank you this morning for leading god and touching us this morning in a very profound unforgettable way way just to remind us that the Lord is in the midst of us this morning. Emmanuel, God is with us and we welcome your presence this morning. <clears throat> in Jesus name, amen. As we abide in your presence this morning, amen. As we remain in you this morning and throughout in Jesus name we pray, amen and amen. Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I'd like amen. to welcome all of you again this morning. Pastor Sheridan and I, we love you all this morning. We love the Lord with you this morning. And we thank God that we're here this morning to seek the revelations of Jesus Christ, to learn about those revelations. Amen. That, that what his will and plan is, what he wants us to know about him can be revealed. Amen. Because we have the Holy Ghost who reveals these revelations. It's that process that we go through every morning. Amen. To have things that are unknown to us before now, specifically, you know, God want to disclose things about himself, about his will to mankind. And we know it's through the scripture Amen. And we receive these divine revelations this morning. Amen. And Amen. we are, you know, these, we are subject to these revelations. You know, we are, we, we, we put our faith in, 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 in these revelations that we learn about him. <clears throat> and this is how God want to communicate to us. Amen. Through his revelations. Amen. And so we give God praise, glory, and honor for the teaching that's about to take place. Pray it brings spiritual revival and renewal this morning. Everything that's about to be revealed in Jesus wonderful name we receive it this morning 
Amen. And so we want to go this morning, amen, to chapter 15 of the book of John. Yeah. Uh, start at verse 1 this morning and just see how far we can ride this tidal wave that is already, my God, beneath us this morning. Amen. See if we can stay up right on this surfboard and ride it on out this morning and see what the Lord uh, has to say to us this morning. Revelations of Jesus Christ. I want to speak to you this morning from the revelation of Jesus Christ out of the book of John, the 15th chapter, starting at verse 1. Amen. The revelation of Jesus Christ to the people of the world. Amen. The world don't know him, but it's through us, the church, or the believers. Amen. That the world will become to know him. Amen. And that's what the message is about. Amen. God wants to communicate who he is to the world, to the whole world, because that's who he sent his son to die for. And some people don't even know. They've never even heard the name of Jesus. They don't know that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And how can they know? How can they believe except they first hear? And how can they hear except there be preachers who will uncompromisingly go speak the truth and love without compromise to God and God's people? Amen. Even to put God in remembrance of what he said. Amen. There's many, many do not understand the relationship that God desires with the world. And it's only through his son, Jesus. And a lot of us are planning to go back to be with the father one day. We talk about heaven like it's, you know, you can go in the Dollar General and just buy you a ticket and you're going to go to heaven. But no, we need to learn the way. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the father except by me. The book of John chapter 14, verse 6, that we just finished up in that chapter. And so this morning, we want to look at the revelation of how God desires to have a relationship, amen, with the whole world because that's who he sent his son to die for, amen. And so we're going to delve into this revelation. And for those Christian believers who have already given their life to the Lord, for us as Christians, we have to remain in Jesus Christ. Think about this. If we remain in Jesus Christ and we keep coming and we keep learning these revelations, that means that we're giving the world a chance. Because what God is going to do, he's going to do through the believers, the Christian believers, the ones who want to be like Christ, the ones who imitate Christ, the ones who take the teachings of Jesus and begin to let the Holy Ghost continue to spread those teachings, reveal those teachings, to get the word out. Amen? Because that's where the power is, that good news of the gospel. And sometimes good news will cut you in such a way you would think it's bad news. You'd think something horrible is happening to you. And sometimes when you get cut and something penetrates you, that you that's unknown to you and you're not familiar with it, it will sometimes cause some discomfort. Amen? But see, when God's trying to break you through something and break you out of something and break you into something, sometimes there got to be some penetration sometimes something got to cut through the thick the thickness of a stiff-necked person or stubborn person sometimes you know that bible says that that word of god it is so powerful and it's so quick sometimes it'll catch you off guard you know book of hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 we're gonna we're gonna one of our reference scriptures this morning and so but for us christians those who have given our life to the lord those who have repented of our sins for us this morning, this word is for us to remain. That's what the word abide in means, to remain in Christ, that we're in Christ, that we've confessed Christ, to remain there, amen, in Christ Jesus. You know you know why? It's because we, God's going to give hope to the world through us, amen? Through us, he's going to bring hope to this, to this dark and desolate world right now. And so he's, he's depending on us 
remaining in Christ, abiding in him, abiding in his word, abiding in the things of God. Amen. Because we know, as I preface my message this morning, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 18, verse 10, the King James Bible, and we're talking about safety. We're talking about security. We're talking about spiritual harmony. We're talking about unity because we want God to command those blessings. Amen. And since he is the only God that can, can unite, he doesn't divide. He, he leaves it up to us what we separate from. But he's the one that brings us together in the spirit of unity. Amen. And so he says this right here to us who are going to remain in Christ Jesus in the book of Proverbs, chapter 18, verse 10, the King James Bible. He says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Amen. And the righteous runneth into it in a safe. He's talking about what belongs to me. I've given you a place to run so that when you gather, whoever else you see in that place, those are the ones, amen, that you are supposed to be in spiritual harmony with. That's why he says, separate yourself and come out from among them. That's why he sent his word to sanctify, to consecrate, to anoint us, to bring us together in the spirit of unity. And it's when he sees that unity, that spirit of spiritual harmony, that unity, it's right there. He will command the blessing, even life forevermore. But we as, 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 as saved believers, Christian believers, we have to remain in that safe place that we can continue to be safe. Amen. Then he goes on in the book of Psalms chapter 91, verse 1 and 2, the King James Bible, he said, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadows of the Almighty. David said, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and Him will I trust. You know, so God has provided a place for us this morning, and this place that we have gathered this morning in the spirit realm is that place. It's that spiritual place that God has provided. When you call in every morning and you come together, it is a place that God has provided. It's not a physical place because you're in a physical place. But when you call that number and you hear the first voice that comes on, and if it's two or three of us, you know that God is in the place. He, he, he's already there in our midst. And so it creates a sanctified place, a consecrated place. It's set aside for us together. It's the secret place. Every, everybody ain't getting up at 6 o'clock this morning trying to come into this secret place with us. It's a place that God has prepared this morning because he wants us to remain in him every, every, every morning. He wants us to remain on the line. He wants us to remain calling in to continue. Amen. To, to, to remain in him, to abide in him. And so when we face storms in our lives and, and sometimes shipwrecks are coming our way, you know, if you look out on the, on the, on the plains and look out on the land, man, you see the darkness. You see the gross darkness on the people. It's coming our way. There's storm clouds on the way. But the Bible says none of it will, will come near us and harm us. It'll come near, but it won't harm us. Because the place where we're standing, the place where we're remaining, the place where we're abiding, it's a safe place. It's a secret place. And we put our trust and confidence in God. And uh, I was reminded of what I shared yesterday during my comments in the book of Acts. There was a situation with Paul. And Paul was one of the ones who, once he got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and his eyes came open and he gave up running from God and kicking against the prick and whatnot. God put his spirit in him and sealed him and healed him and filled him, gave him the victory. And now all Paul wanted to do was go and tell others about abiding in Christ, about coming out of the world, coming out of darkness and coming into the fold. And he was awesome in doing that. But he encountered a lot of challenges. There were some shipwreck moments. There were some storms in his life. But I'm, I'm, I'm thankful to God that when Paul was on his way to, he said, I got to go to Rome. I got to go to Rome and minister to the same Caesar who gave me permission to go persecute the saints. 
See, that's what it's all about. That's why God wants us to abide in him, to continue in him, to remain in him, because there are some Caesars in our life. There are some people in high places. There are some family members. You know, there are some enemies. There are some folks that persecute. There are some government officials. There's some folks out there that God wants us, man, to stay in him, to abide in that ship, stay long enough so that we can, too, go on the missions that God has sent us on. We don't know who that mission, who that word in us is for, that word of life. It might be for your cousin. It might be for your brother, your sister, your mama, your daddy, your friends, your children. It might be for a co-worker. It might be for somebody you never thought or imagined might be saved. But Paul stayed in the ship, man. As long as Paul stayed in the ship and prayed to God, those 276 prisoners that was on that ship heading to Rome to be judged and put in prison and sentenced, some of them was going to be put to death. And as them storms on that, on that, on that ocean, man, came up, some of them felt like if this ship fall apart, man, you know, they may, they may, word may get to them and say, well, they died at sea and they might go free. But Paul said, no, 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 no. I prayed unto the Lord the night before. And he told me to give y'all this word to stay in the ship, abide in the ship, remain in the ship. The best safe place sometimes is in the storm. If you got a relationship with God, because you will see God in the eye of the storm. Mm. You know, if you're a believer. Now, if you're a believer, you know, don't run away from your storms. Because sometimes you, we, we need to see the power of God, and sometimes it takes a storm for us to trust God. Sometimes it takes almost a shipwreck moment for us to trust God. I, we've been in many, many situations, you know, many, many storms. But God said, I'll bring you through the storm. You know, Even though the ship tear up, your life is not going to be tore up. And this is what Paul and them experienced out there with those 276. The poor captain, man, he didn't know what to do, and it was his ship. He was losing his ship, throwing all his supplies overboard. He was freaking out. You know, and here Paul just as cool and calm, abiding in the Lord, remaining in the Lord, keeping his focus, his mind stayed on God. Perfect peace where Paul was at. He was in the same storm they was in. Thank God. Amen. That we that we as people of God, we got to be the ones, man, to set the right example for people when they're going through a storm. We can't be up in there talking. This ain't no gospel telling them. I know what you're going through. I've been through the same thing. Stop telling people that that ain't no gospel. Don't you know misery love company? We need to be abiding in God. We need to be praising God. We need to be, we need to be encouraging people that, amen, put, keep your faith in God. Keep your mind stayed on the Lord. Don't you be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. Don't you believe every report. You believe the report of the Lord. And tell them what his report says. You know, but we have to abide in the ship, man, because when the storms come, when it looks like we're going to hit some rocks and shipwreck. There is a rock of our salvation. His name is Jesus. And the Lord told Peter, Peter, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You stand on that firm foundation. You stand on, Peter, the word of God. You stand on who I am. You know what you said, Peter, man didn't reveal it to you, but my father, God, I'm going to change your name to Petro rock. Make you rock hard, Peter, in your faith. You're going to be able to stand against the wiles of the adversary. You're going to be able to stand in the storm. You're going to be able to stay put, Peter. You're going to be anchored in God. I'm going to use you to go feed my sheep because you love me. Keep my commandments, Peter. You know, obey my commandments. And so we see in the book of Acts, man, powerful. Uh, I won't call it a story, but it's Paul's life. It's a part of his life. It's a testimony after he got converted. He learned how to abide in the Lord. Paul said, no matter what situation I find myself in, I have learned therewith to be content. I've learned how to abase. I've learned how to abound. I've learned how to be hungry. I've learned how to be full. I've learned how to be empty. But no matter what happens, Paul said, what storm, what shipwreck moment, 
Paul said, I'm going to stay in the ship. I'm going to stay with him. I'm going to remain him. I'm going to keep my mind on him. I'm going to keep seeking God because I know the devil comes but for the kill, still and destroy. Paul said, but hey, God, Jesus come that I may have life and may have it more abundant. I met him on the road to Damascus. I thought I knew him until that moment. Now I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, and great is he that's in me, and he that's in the world. I'm going to abide in him, let him abide in me, and let his word abide in me. Because yeah. he, he, he instructs me in his word. He counsels me in the wisdom of God. I didn't have all this before. Caesar couldn't do this for me. Mm. I was running his errands and taking care of his mission. I was persecuting saints, putting them in jail, having them killed. And Paul, yeah, but Paul said, I, I, I was ashamed, but I ain't ashamed no more. Mm. I'm not ashamed of the gospel anymore because I've learned it is the power of God and the salvation, Paul said. It's not I no more. It's the Christ that's in me. He's abiding in me. He's dwelling in me. Paul said, I'm going to abide in him. I'm going to remain in him. I'm going to dwell in him. And he goes on here in the book of Acts chapter 27, verse 30, 32, the King James Bible, as I preference what I'm going to be talking about. He says, and as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, when they had let down the boat into the sea under color, I mean, of night, as though they would have cast anchors out of the fore, out of the foreship in the front of the ship. Paul said, listen to it, Paul said, the man who was abiding in God and, and remaining in Christ, Paul said to the centurions and to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, ye cannot be saved. Except ye abide in the ship, ye cannot be saved. Because Paul said, we're going to ride this thing out because God is speaking to me. The Spirit spoke to me last night. I got the Holy Ghost. I'm sealed. I'm sealed. I ain't running away from my storm. I ain't running away because the ship about to be tore apart. I'm depending on God. I'm trusting God. He's my hope. And it says, then the soldiers cut off the ropes of the boat and let her fall off. Get rid of, set aside every way, every sin, everything that's so easy to be set to. They cut them ropes. We don't need them rope. We need God. We need to be tied up in what God said. This man didn't hear from God. You know, what does it mean to abide? What does it mean to abide? It means to stay in what or where is given to us by the Lord, whether it be a place or state of mind or in a relationship with the Lord. The idea is to remain in him with great expectation. Paul had great expectation and he was trying to raise the level of others expectation about the benefit the value of remaining in God, even in a storm, in a shipwreck moment. It's the same thing today. This is why God wants the revelation of Jesus Christ to be revealed to his people. So they'll know what to do in the storm when it's things about the shipwreck. This must be done without any bickering, any argument, any murmuring or complaining. They was coming to Paul, man. They was the poor captain. They were freaking out on that ship. So what if you lose the ship as long as you don't lose your life? So what if you lose a little battle here? You lose a little, as mm. long as you win the war in the end. Why? Because it is required in order to have, a, have and maintain a relationship with the Father through his son, Jesus Christ, especially for the people of God and of the nation and of the world. You know, God sent his son to die for the world. Abide means to continue, to dwell, to endure, to be present, to remain, to stand still, to stand fast, to hold fast, to be patient, to learn to wait, to tarry one with another. Why? For the promised results that God promised us, the promised outcomes that we get hasty, become busybodies, trying to do it ourselves. Remember Abraham and Sarah? God promised him an heir. Just because you was old and she was old and you thought you were beyond your years, wasn't no reason for you to get hasty and impatient and try to help God out. Mm -hmm. 
When God give you an impossible task, he means for you to trust him and be confident in him and be assured in him and believe in him that he can do it. These things are impossible with man, but only God can turn back the time, hands of time, make time stand still. Only God, a day with him is, is, is a, you know, it's a thousand years. Only God can do that, you know, and everything he does is perfect. It's perfectly done. It's right. Not only for oneself, but for others as well. So what we do has impact and outcome for other people. For outcomes that will yield the kind of fruit that will lead to a win-win for everyone involved, mm -hmm. especially God's people. You know, Jews first and then the Gentiles. Y'all remember that? So God wants to make sure that his people are taken care of, those who stay in the ship, those who remain in him, those who abide in him and let his word abide in us. Then everybody else is, uh, that we come in contact with and share that, it's going to be a blessing to them. You know, remember, Jesus Christ, not your bishop, not your apostle, not your favorite pastor, prophetess, first lady, elect lady, whoever. You know, they are not divine, okay, that God works through, okay? But Jesus Christ is divine, okay? In the text, we're going to see that. God, his father, is the gardener, you know. He's, he's the vine dresser. He's the husbandry, you know. In, in other words, it all belongs to him. And how do he get what belongs to him to us so that we can produce fruit? Through the vine. And so what does that make us? What does that make all, of, all human beings on this earth? We are the branches. You know, we are the ones where the fruit begins to hang as, as God sends us spiritual nourishment through the sun. And the sun gives it to us. Sometimes he gives it through the church. He gives it through your pastor if they're after God's own heart. And so we be the ones who go out and produce the fruit. Amen. And it says the first fruit for, is for Christian believers is always salvation followed by the fruit of the spirit, which we know is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, he said, there is no law. Those nine bundles of fruit right there. Okay, and there's this, it's not limited just to this. You know, there's other fruit that happens in the spirit. Okay, we are going to take a look this morning at uh, in this text, unfruitful branches, which is the same as unattached branches, which abides alone. These are the branches that are usually taken away, pruned away, because they're, they're hindering the process. On the other hand, the text will also talk about the fruitful branches as the ones that usually get pruned because they stay attached as branches so they can receive nourishment and get and produce fruit, fruitful results and outcomes for themselves and not only for ourselves but for others too. We're going to see that. We will learn from the text and discover from our text lessons like what is the purpose of, for pruning. It is to be able to bear more fruit, not just salvation and nothing else. You know that there are people, they got saved, that's all they've done. They don't want to do nothing else. Don't ask me to do nothing. Don't ask me to clean no bed. Don't ask me to do nothing else. Don't ask me to love some folks. You know, don't ask me to, you know, to, 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 to turn the other cheek. Don't ask me to forgive some folks and forget some stuff. Don't ask me to do that. Don't ask me to, you know, mm -mm, I don't, don't want to do it. You know, I ain't going to love them. Mm-mm. You know, I ain't going to forgive them. Mm -mm. You know, all we want to do is get saved ourselves, know I'm saved, and that's it. I'm going to sit there 60 years and not do anything else and don't call on me to do nothing. You know, we will learn and discover how God, okay, the, uh, you know, being the father and the gardener, pruned the branches mentioned in our text. 
How did he do it? He did it by the word of God. Again, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, the King James Bible, and I made mention of this yesterday in my comments, <coughs> it says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart of man. Because, see, God want to cut all that other stuff away from your heart, circumcise your heart, so that you can begin to bear fruit. Why? He wants his spirit to come on the inside so he can abide in us as we abide in him, and we will produce some fruit. So then, we learn that by abiding or remaining in Christ Jesus, it is the way of God for saving his people and getting the desired results. More fruit. That's always God's desire is to have more fruit. Fruitfulness is expected and required for every Christian believer. In the book of Matthew, chapter 3, verse 8, the King James Bible, it says this. Bring forth, therefore, fruits that's meat of repentance. Don't just have salvation and bear no fruit. There's got to be some meat that's worthy of repentance. That say you will have repented. Your sins are forgiven. Everything is out of the way now. Why can't you tell someone about the love of God? Why can't you forgive somebody that sinned against you, hurt you? Why can't you? You know, book of John, chapter 15, verse 16 says this in the chapter we're in right now. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go forth and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever ye shall ask of the father in my name, he may give it you. Yes. There's a connection here. There's a relationship here. You know, we get what, 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 what we want God to give us. He adds it to us when we seek first his way of doing things, which is. That we be, you know, we be instruments that God can speak through to help somebody else besides just us. In the book of Romans chapter 7 verse 4, the King James Bible says this. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law of the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that ye should bring forth fruit unto God. You know, it's saying you die to the world and you come alive to God. Yeah. You know, Jesus, Jesus wants us to live, live in Christ so that we can produce fruit through Christ in us, the hope of the world. And then he goes on in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10, the King James Bible, he says, Now he that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Mm. Now, this is why God uses the word, because it penetrates. The word is also a seed given to the soil. And whatever seed is sown, that's the fruit it's going to produce. You know, that's the fruit it's going to produce. The book of Philippians chapter 1, verse 11, the King James Bible says this, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. It ain't about us. It's about pleasing God first, and it's about helping others to know him. Book of Philippians chapter 4, verse 16, the King James Bible says this, For even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again unto my necessity, you know, that there may be fruit in my life. God sends that for us. He sends it for us, not only for us, but for others, because he wants to meet the needs of everybody. And sometimes he does it through us. Sometimes he'll touch your heart and lay somebody on your heart. I remember times, Pastor Sharon, we'd be sitting at the light and we look over there and see this homeless person, man, don't know him from Adam Housecat. And the Holy Ghost man will tell us, take that loose couple of dollars you got right there and call him over here and give it to him. You know, just those little acts of love. We don't think twice about it. We don't try to get into it, but they look like they're healthy. They can go get a job. This is what happens to Christians sometimes. Them little $2 and you mess around and leave them in your ashtray and somebody bust your window, it's going to cost you thousands of dollars when they see it in there. 
So go ahead on and give it to somebody. It ain't going to hurt you, especially people you see out there on the street. Don't try to be judge and jury. Just let the Holy Ghost lead you. You know, do those kinds of acts and those deeds. They stay with you. You take them with you. You take them with you when you leave. God don't forget them. He sees them. You know, he sees them. Much is given, much is required. The book of Colossians chapter 1 verse 10, the King James Bible says this, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, the little things as well as the big things. We love to talk about how much time we done paid. We love to talk about all this other big stuff we did. What about the little things? It's a little foxy that's part of the branch anyway. And so God sees the little things because little things with God become much, you know, because he, he multiplies, he increases, he uses it, okay? And it says, and increasing in the knowledge of God. This is why the revelation is so important. It teaches us now how to do more for God, how to do more for others, and how to be willing and purposely and intentionally doing it, you know, knowing that we're glorifying God, especially in the area of social service right now. You know, I mean, I thank God for my social work degree. I thank God for my rehabilitation degree. I thank God for all the learning that and now I know how to meet the needs of people. I know how to talk to people. I know how to tell people. I know how to advocate for people. I know how to tell people who to call and where to go. Sometimes I make the call for them. Thank God. Thank God. You know, I use those things that God has given me. I know you do, too. Over in the book of Titus, chapter 3, verse 14, the King James Bible, he says this, And let ours also learn to maintain good works for necessary uses, that they be not unfruitful. You know, we got some of you on the line right now. You're working in schools. You're teaching young people. Mr. Smith, Pastor Eric, Pastor Phoebe working in the bank. Pastor Sharon is a nurse. Get calls all the time. You know, you know, people want advice. I know I go to her for advice, you know. See, we use those social skills. Man, God has put all these things are necessary. Don't, don't just hold on to them. And all you do is, is talk about, I'm saved. You got salvation. That's all you do. Ask God to put you in a situation where you can share those things with people. That's, right. That's what he's talking about right there in that scripture. You know, Christian folks, you know. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, verse 7, the King James Bible, where's your fruit? He said, for the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh off upon it and bringeth forth herbs, meat for them by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessings from God. We got to remember now, everything in this earth God has put there, not only for us, but for life and God that everybody else might enjoy it. And sometimes it's through us telling people, you know, because sometimes people get so bogged up in what they're going through. Remember, they'll get bogged up in their storm. They'll get bogged up in their shipwreck moment. And sometimes we'll, we'll be right there looking at it and won't do nothing about it, won't say nothing. Shame. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. You know, look for those opportunities. Look for those situations. Verse of 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 8, the King James Bible said, For if these things be in you and abound, ye make, he says, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at what Paul went through on that ship. 276 prisoners and the captain they freaking out and thank god that paul was on that ship thank god sometimes that you on that job thank god sometimes that you in that church thank god sometimes that you 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 in your family thank god because because there are times god gonna use you in that situation to bring forth that knowledge you know you know so that you can bear fruit that's worthy of repentance and not be unfruitful I remember times, man, and hey, they laughed at me. They picked at me. I've even been on this line sometimes and hear people chuckling when I make comments. I don't say nothing. That's your loss. That's my game. It just lets me know that some folk think they've already arrived. They got salvation, so they think they're already good. I don't say nothing. I don't buzz nobody out. I, but I hear. I discern. 
But I'm going to keep saying my coming because it ain't for you anyway. If, if you think you don't need it, it ain't for you. It's for somebody else. Remember, it's about others. It's not just about us. We have salvation. And sometimes we think because I got salvation, I'm good. And we chuckle, we laugh, you know. Hey, come past again. I remember my family used to make fun of me when me and Pastor Sharon used to drive from, mm-hmm. from where we was at. Talking about, here come Jesus. We go to family, they scatter. And there are Christian people today that do it. They don't want to hear my comments. They're, they're too detailed. I go into too much information, you know. But it's all good. I'm trying to please you no way. I'm trying to please God. Unfruitfulness. That's all that leads to is unfruitfulness on your behalf. It says, and now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees, Therefore, every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. That's in the book of Matthew, chapter 3, verse 10, the King James Bible. So you better watch it. Matthew, the chapter 13, verse 4, the King James Bible, it says, And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Don't you be the one get devoured with your saved self. Matthew 13, chapter 13, verse 22, the King James Bible says, He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. Amen. And so when we look at the book of John, chapter 15, verse 1 uh, through 8, the King James Bible, right off the bat, verse 1, he said, I am the true vine. And my father is the husband man. So Jesus Christ, we know, is the vine, because this is who's talking in red here. And he's saying, I, you know, God, the father, is the gardener. He's the husband man. And so who are we? We are the branches. All of hum- humans are the branches. And so you got, a, you got three levels here, man, of a body, of remaining. Number one, Jesus said, I'm the vine, so you got to remain in him. Number two, God the Father is the husband man. He is a gardener, so I got to remain in him. If I'm ever going to produce any fruit, right. can't have one without the other. Got to have both. You know, and the Holy Spirit comes along to help us to remain in them, to abide in them as he abides in us. He's, he's yes. the helper. Remember, he comes alongside to help us, to lead us, to guide us, to keep us abiding in him. Why? Because they're after the good fruit. They want more fruit. They want more fruit. I don't want more of your, your, your stories, your lies, or your, your understanding, or your words of wisdom. Remember, it is, it, Paul said, I didn't come with the wisdom of men, philosophy, you know, what you, what, what you want to throw out there. No, he said, I come with a demonstration of spirit and power of God. You know, mm-hmm. if you're abiding in me, that's what's going to happen. Verse 2, he says, every branch, not none is exempt. Every branch in me that bringeth not fruit, he taketh away. Remember what we just read about Matthew chapter 3 of Matt, the book of Matthew, verse 10. Say that axe is laid at the root. Yes. Every tree that ain't bearing good fruit that's worthy of repentance, it uh-huh. is to be cut down and thrown into the fire. It's useless. Fig tree that's green and ain't having no figs on it when they was walking with Jesus. Mm. <laughs> Jesus said, hey, that tree man is going to wither. It's going to perish. Mm. You know, and sometimes we, we are living in a fig tree generation. There are folks who got salvation sitting in church, but they ain't going to help nobody outside of themselves. You know, mm. you know, green as they can be, but they ain't bearing no fruit. Say, got salvation. But he said, every branch in me that bringeth not, not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. You know, you got fruitful branches and you got unfruitful branches. He points it out right here, you know, right there. You know, he says, unfruitful branches are taken away. But on the other hand, a fruitful branch 
They are purged by God. They are pruned by God. The purpose for pruning them is so they can bear more fruit. You know, that's worthy of repentance. Verse 3, he says, Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Remember how he, how does he purge us? He uses the word. Remember what, what, what the book of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 said about the word of God? Powerful, quick, sharp, you know, got a two edges on it. You know, he says, clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. So then, how can... Uh, how so then how do God the gardener prune the branches by the word of God not mm -hmm. your words my words not our philosophy not the wisdom of men not the excellency of speech or enticing words you know but he uses the word of God every time every situation it produces the more fruit that he calls for verse 4 he says abide in me remain in me now I told you what that word abide means dwell in hang out there wait on me wait on the Lord don't be impatient mm -hmm. wait Abide in me and I in you. Okay, everything he's telling us to do in him, he does it in us. He waits, you know, for the right storm, for the right shipwreck moment. Then he shows up because he knows it's impossible for you to make it through that storm without him. To avoid that shipwreck without him. Just like he spoke to Paul that night and told him what to tell those 276 passengers and the captain. Mm -hmm. And the soldiers who, had, who was guarding them, making sure that they get to, 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 to court in Rome. As the branches cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. Mm. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. So by abiding, by dwelling in, by being patient in, by waiting in him and in his word, remaining in Christ Jesus, because all unattached branches are left by themselves. You have no hope. You have no help. Not attached or abiding. Okay, they're just out there by themselves, a man on an island. They, therefore, cannot bear fruit because you need to be attached to the vine and to the gardener. Mm. That's the only way. Verse 5 says, I am the vine. Mm. Ye are the branches. He identifies himself and identifies us. Stay in your place until the fruit shows up. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. They simply do not understand the nature of bearing fruit. Can do nothing apart from Jesus Christ. They must abide. They must dwell. They must continue. They must remain in Christ Jesus because the first fruit is, sal <coughs> is salvation. But that's not the only fruit. It's not just limited to being saved. They can do nothing apart from Jesus Christ. So as you remain and God begin to convert us and you go through that conversion, mm -hmm. before you know it, you'll start seeing some buds pop up. You'll start knowing there's some righteousness there. There's some peace there. There's some joy there. There's some love there. Eventually it'll show up. It'll come out. Verse 6 says, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Mm. So look at these results. The results is they are doomed. They are gathered together and are thrown away and burned. They don't serve no purpose for God. Sure, you know, they're producing a, they a worldly fruit. God ain't interested in that. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, verse 7, he says, <coughs> again, there's that word. If ye abide in me, dwell in me, be patient in me, wait in me. In my words, do the same thing, and you abide in you. Ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. However, this is not the result of, a, of, an, of the attached branch. No, 
their results and promises are different and they yield or bring forth and bear a different kind of fruit because as long as they remain attached to the vine and gardener, they receive nourishment and answers to their prayers. That's the only way. Okay. That way, God not adds to us. Mm. You know, it's like seek, for, seek ye for the kingdom of God and rights. All these things will be added to you. All this fruit that God want to see in your life, mm. it'll be added to you. Not adding storms to other folks' life because you're going through a storm. Not Come sharing on, your shipwreck with on, them brother. because you you being shipwrecked. Come on, brother. But no, fruit that he said that is worthy of repentance mm. says who you are. Yeah. You know, you say you say it all day long, but God is not looking at what you say, looking at what you do. What is the corresponding action? Can he add some things to you? He ain't going to overlook sin and weights and all that stuff. You know? uh, uh. But he's going to use his word to prune you so you can bear fruit. You know, Produce after your own kind. Thank Verse 8, and we're going to end right here. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. Other fruit for being attached is they get to glorify the gardener, God himself. This proves their attachment to him and his son, Jesus Christ, the vine. As his disciples, okay, there's got to be something about us. There's got to be yes, some, yes, some characteristic yes. about us that was seen in God. You know, the book of James, chapter 3, verse 17, the King James Bible says this, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Again, in the book of Elijah, chapter 1, verse 6, the King James Bible says, which is coming to you as it is in all the world and bringeth forth fruit as it doeth also in you since the day ye heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. So remember now, what is God trying to communicate through Jesus? The whole world, he wants them to be able to bear fruit, especially his people. What he did was for the whole world. So he showed them his fruit of love, patience, long-suffering, you know, still doing it today. And so he's saying, if you're going to represent me, ambassadors, ministers of reconciliation, evangelists, there's got to be some fruit that says who you are and who I am. Because I'm the vine, Jesus said, and the father is the garden. He's the husband, man. We're the branches. Where's your fruit? You ain't bearing no fruit. Remember what the book of Matthew, chapter 3, verse 10, the King James Bible said. Last scripture, in the, verse of Philippi, in, the, in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 17, the King James Bible says, Not because I desire gift, but I desire fruit that it may abound to your account. Mm. Father, we thank you this morning. We praise you this morning for your word. We want to be fruit bearers. Because you produce it in us, Holy Spirit. You are the Spirit. And you produce fruit. You bring it to bear in us. As we yield ourselves to the vine. As we yield ourselves to the gardener. To be pruned that we need pruning. God, prune every area in our lives that's not producing and bearing fruit. God, search our hearts. Everything in us, God. We know there's something there, God. That you didn't put there. You didn't plant there. You didn't order it to be there. Father, we ask you to take it away from us, creating us a clean heart, renew within us a right and a steadfast spirit that we might be able to produce fruit that's worthy of repentance, that says who we are and whose we are. You are the husband man. And Father, we thank and praise you for choosing us.
that you want to work through us, God, to help change somebody else's life. <clears throat> As you were with Paul in that storm, in that shipwreck moment that was about to take place for those 276 passengers and a captain, Lord, losing his ship, falling apart to by, by a storm. But Father, in the name of Jesus, you told him to stay in the ship because Paul had prayed and you had spoken to him. You had given him the word and you prune and you and you speak and you use your word, God, to be sown in our lives, to, to be powerful in us, to, to bring about the necessary fruit and change that you desire. And because they received the word from the man of God, Father, they continued to live. They didn't die that they may go forth and produce fruit in their lives. And they followed Paul from that day. And as they landed on that island, they were greeted, Lord God. And Paul ministered to them as they stood around that fire. And they saw and witnessed when the serpent latched onto his hand, they witnessed the power of God. And then they knew and it was confirmed to them the only reason they were standing there alive and warming themselves and dry, being dried at that fire was because God, the man of God, was producing fruit that was worthy of who he was. And they saw the demonstration. They saw the power. And Paul, Paul began to produce fruit that was worthy. And many believed, even though they were prisoners, they were destined, they were on their way, God, to be mm. judged. But they got to see the results, the outcome yes, of the Lord. fruit that was produced in Paul's life. Yes, Lord. They saw you work through him. They mm. saw, God, that many would have died from that bite from that serpent. But Paul shook him off into the fire, God, as he continued to share the good news with them, share the word with them, because you used the word to confine those, those, those souls, God. Mm. And Paul went on into town, and they received hospitality. They, were, they received lodging. They received food because the word about that went forth. And Paul ministered while they were there until another ship came along. And so, Father, we thank and praise you right now that we abide in you. And you abide in us and your word abide in us that we may produce fruit that's worthy of repentance. We give you praise for the word now. We yes. give you glory. We give you honor. Now, Lord, use this word. I pray use someone right now have heard this word. Yes. And they're ready to move forward and produce fruit. Mm. They're ready to change. They're ready to do whatever, God, so that they don't be chopped down at the root and bring their, their, their life to an end and be thrown and gathered and thrown into the fire to be burned as unattached, unfruitful branches. But Father, we're praying for fruitful branches to come as a result of hearing this word, that there will be outcome not only for the hearers, not only those who are saved, but God, many, many who are yet to come will benefit and hear this word and change and come to you, God, that they too can produce fruit. That's our prayer today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, then. Well, praise the Lord. We are finished this morning. Praise God. We'll open now for comments. We'll start with Pastor Sharon. Right on to our pastors and on and on until we complete the hour today. In Jesus' name, amen.